This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast for Friday, October 23rd. Uh, I'm Jamie Turner filling in for Joe Noga, who's uh, taking uh, some time off. And uh, Paul Hoynes is here as always. And we are joined by the uh, estimable uh, seer of all things Cleveland sports, uh, Terry Pluto. And, and because Terry brought up a really interesting topic uh, in a Hay column uh, earlier this week, and that is the future of the Indians and uh, and with people understandably beginning to wonder, well, if, the, if everything's as bad economically, you know, COVID era as it is, uh, who knows what's going to happen? And Terry kind of fills in and, and what some readers were telling you. Well, the, and it was a fair question, more designed around the lease than the Indians moving. But the the lease is up in 2023, you know, and that is three years. Then you, after listening to Chris Antonetti's bleak, dour, downer of a postseason press conference, and we could talk, I have a, think there's a bit of a strategy there from Antonetti. I'll run my theory later on what that's about. But I want to say, well, what do you think's going on? So uh, would they move somewhere? I mean, to, I'll preface this, and Paul, really, if you disagree, go on. I, I don't think the Dolans want to be saddled with, we're the people that move the Indians out of Cleveland. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, they don't. But they will probably get overtures from some places, and I, I was very interested to see that Nashville had hired uh, Dave Dombrowski, you know, who's been a GM for a lot of teams. Now, he may end up getting a, another general manager job. But to help them try to secure a franchise and Nashville, when I've been down there to do some uh, NFL games, they strike me. That's one of those kind of cities on the rise. They want to be somebody. And so I could see them trying to, to you know build a stadium and do something like this. Now, whether it's Cleveland or Tampa Bay or Oakland, you know, but they could go out there shopping. Or the, you know Terry, there, there's an ex, there could be an expansion team too. You know mm-hmm. they, they uh, you know teams. I mean the the league in in the past when they've suffered financial losses like uh, you know with the collusion thing has has kind of pushed expansion to uh, help recoup help the owners recoup some of those uh, you know expand uh, losses with expansion fees. That's a great point. I haven't thought about, too, you know, Montreal is a market. I don't, yeah. I don't know what they have for a stadium up there. Uh, that's the thing, too. Nashville would have to build a stadium. I think most of those places that you see. But I, I, I would feel a little more comfortable if the lease were longer than in 2023. I, I will say that. It would that- seem like it would seem like there's. The Indians and uh, are going to come to a point somewhere, you know, where 
they have there has to be some sort of reckoning figure out what they're going to do with a city where the population is one of the few in major league baseball that shrinks mm-hmm. and uh you know right now the 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 cleveland metropolitan population uh by various uh, measuring uh uh websites is somewhere around 380,000 people, yeah. uh, which is obviously much smaller than what it has yeah. been. Metro, metro area is a better measure of that because Cleveland's one of those towns where, frankly, most of the people who call themselves Clevelanders don't live in Cleveland at all. So, right. um, but in terms of the big, the big thing that I've had people tell me is that Cleveland is the smallest media market with uh, NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball, uh, and that's the smallest one. You know, there are other markets like Pittsburgh has hockey and St. Louis has hockey, but, you know, they don't even have the NFL, so there's all those kind of things, but you sort of like you're slipping into one of those, um, but I, I mean, I'm thankful the Dolans own the team. The problem is the Dolans, when John Sherman left, that changed a lot of dynamics financially for them. What was the share? Of, what was the percentage share? Did we know of what Sherman wanted? 15%. So, um, but I'm not positive on that. But let's just say it is. And let's say the franchise is valued at a billion, which it probably is. So that means there's 200 million right now sitting in an escrow account. I know this for a fact. It's sitting in an escrow account. I don't know the exact number figure, but that's where it is. And at some point, whatever that is, that's going to have to be either bought back by the Dolans or bought by a minor partner. And that money then goes to John Sherman. So getting them, if they bring in a minor partner and say that minor partner buys 20%, all he does is, frankly, buy Sherman shares. It's not like there's a sudden influx of new money unless that partner wants to go in deeper. Uh, so that's where I think is really going on behind the scenes is they're really shopping for they want another partner like John Sherman who fit in with the Dolans and fit in with the front office. And that was the killer there because I think he was going to keep increasing his share in the team. And he possibly could have ended up being the majority owner, but Dolan would still have been like the phrase. In other words, they would have been partners. They really would have. And the front office loved Sherman. But what changed for him, he's a Kansas City guy. Suddenly the Royals came on the market. He had been trying to buy it for years. Uh, and he wasn't going to let it go by. Um, somebody once told me uh, about pro franchises, and he said it's kind of like when a you know a Van Gogh painting comes on the market, or or, or something that you're not going to get any. You, there's not going to be any more made. Um, I mean, in general, as you said, they might expand, but look, there's only 30 of these franchises in baseball. The Mets have been sold, but how many are really sold over the course of a 10-year period? Five, eight, not a lot. Oh, no, that's true. There. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and Sherman definitely, uh, you know, I think he was going to buy the team, uh, yep. Jerry, when when the you know, when he bought the um, when he bought the Royals, uh, you know, um, Manfred, uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred said, you know, the plan was for, for was for uh, uh, Sherman to buy the Indians to eventually become the majority sh- shareholder. But then, like you said, the Royals came on the market and that was it. And then he was able to buy the whole deal, which is what he liked anyway. But I, but I believe that that could have worked here. But the fact is, it took them years to find John Sherman. And I don't know who else is out there like that. But 
and they've been looking for a while now. It's not like he just bought the Royals yesterday. So until that part is resolved, uh, I think you're going to see that's why Chris Antonetti gave such a bleak financial thing, because he knows there's just not a lot of extra income. It's not just COVID. You know, it's that factor. And then finally, see what you guys think of this. If I'm Antonetti, I'm going to make it look kind of like the sky is falling because I'm going to have to make a bunch of unpopular moves anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't want them all sticking to me. Yeah, no, God, I I, have, I agree 100% with that. I mean, I have not, you know, Antonetti's pretty much, uh, you know, he keeps things close to the vest. Uh, you know, he is not uh, one to... Uh, you know, go, you know, like go off on tangents one way or the other, but that's as dire as I've ever heard him talk when he gave us, you know, during the autopsy of the season, you know, just financially speaking, it was that, that was, uh, that was eye opening. Now to his point, to be fair to him. And, and, uh, I had recently, several weeks ago, we just kind of chatted casually. Um, he said, well, you can make a list of all those guys that left, he said, okay, you know, Michael Brantley, a couple others, but how many of them have really done anything? Yeah. Yeah, Brantley. The time Brantley, out of these guys at the right time. Yeah. I don't, I, I would agree with that. I, I guess uh, I, I almost could feel people listening to us, and as soon as the word autopsy came up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could hear a whole region cringe a little bit, you know, <laughs> whether you're talking about the, the the on-field future of the team or, you know, what we're talking about today, the, the long-term future of the team. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the future. The Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series. Yeah, but uh, Paul and I talked about that a couple of days ago, and the, the success of the Rays for as ballyhooed as they – you know, have been as, you know, this ideal, you know, uh, you know, front office, you know, small town setup, they've realizing that they play in a more difficult division than the Indians do. There's Mm -hmm. no question about that, but the Indians rate of success is essentially the same as the Rays. Yeah. I mean, they both, they both are playing the same ball game, I think. Well, they are thoroughly playing the same ball game now because yeah. you know, <laughs> based on what Antonetti's saying, you know, they're going to be competing for the. I'm sure there's a trophy for the smallest payroll, isn't there, Paul? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> well, the Pirates right now don't even want, you know, they want people to pay to play for them. <laughs> That's what I was told. That the Pirates, it's like they have no interest in anything. Derek Shelton needs your prayers as a manager over there. Oh, my God. Poor Derek. Jeez. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know what the Orioles are doing. And that, we could say that for years. So, but, so, but in terms of – I mean, the question, though, is can the Indians, you know, keep this up and then try to get yeah. in there? And I don't know what's going on with Oakland either. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, Oakland is – you know, they – yeah, I don't know. Billy Bean is leaving to uh, become the soccer what a, a soccer magnet or what? But uh, <laughs> I, I think if Bean leaves, uh, that 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 franchise might take a you know a sharp right or left hand, left hand turn. But you know they just keep turning over the roster every year and and mm-hmm. uh, you know winning ninety games a year or well whatever they won this this past season. I mean the one thing I'll say about and and really to kind of 
with some of the gloom. Number one is, you know, the Dolans are Clevelanders. I don't think they want to move the team. That, that's not, you know, that's not something they're looking to do. It's not like when Peter Bavese showed up and all that you know, <laughs> from Florida. I remember all those things back in the day. So that's number one. Number two, the front office is really good. Yeah. They're really good at what they do. It's harder for them, but they're still really good. I mean, I got that thing. This reminds me of Gabe Paul and Phil saying, you don't know anything if you say that. Yeah. It's like Paul and I covered Gabe Paul and Phil Sagey. <laughs> they are not Gabe Paul and Phil Sagey. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think this this next season, Terry, is really going to be a, a test. This might be, you know, when, when you talk to Chris Antonetti, he says, you know, we're trying to stretch this thing out, like you were saying, as far as we can. No one has ever really done this, what we're trying to do. And now it's mm-hmm. seven, eight years, you know, of winning, you know, winning seasons. But what do they do next season? I mean, if if you lose, uh, if you lose, you know, your closer, if, yep. if Lindor is traded, if, uh, you know, you trade Carrasco, I mean, what, what happens then? Well, you better win a lot of games three to two. I mean, that's yeah. really what they're going to, the, they will say, and there's some accuracy to this, that, you know, they have the best commodity you would like to have in baseball, which is affordable starting pitching. That's young and wrapped up with, with some depth, uh, and feeling that like they usually do, they can build a bullpen around it. But the lack of position players, uh, as we saw this year, you know how it hurt them, and it's going to be worse because uh, you're going to take Santana out of there, you probably take Hernandez out of there, and you take Lindor out of there. So you got Jose, and you have Jose and the emerging <laughs> Josh Naylor. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> And and Framel Reyes, who was very good for a month and then disappeared for a month. What do you think of him, Paul? You know, I I love him as a guy, but he's he's the classic all or nothing guy to me, all or nothing hitter to me. I I just I you know I you know he, he just I'm and maybe maybe he'll he'll get better, you know, because he's only been in a couple of years. Yeah. But but he's got such a big swing and he tries to hit everything. It seems like to me, you know, 40 miles and it, the, when he's best, he, you know, he kind of goes to right center field. But that whole it, throughout September, all he did was, you know, you try to pull the ball to left field and just that wasn't his game to me. Jamie, you, you look at a lot of stats and stuff, and, and, I, and I mean it very much. Have you ever looked at him or any thoughts on Fran Mill from ah. your point of view? I was a big fan of his his rookie season in San Diego, and and actually I there was uh, oh probably a month before the trade occurred, uh, I I kept thinking the two guys who make the most sense if they're going to really try to improve their offense were are, were both in San Diego at the time. That was Hunter Renfro and Reyes. Mm. Uh, neither was a full time player. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, well, get one of the two. And just for power, I mean, Reyes is better. There, there's just mm-hmm. no question. The The problem is you don't know whether or not he has the ability to adjust the way he's being pitched. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's still up in the air. I mean, there's just, you know, for one month, he hit everything. And 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 that was incredibly exciting because you're thinking, 
holy cow, you know, you've got, you know, I, I, I say this advisedly given Paul's history with Albert Bell, but you have Albert Bell Jr., right? You know, a guy who, who was hitting for average, hitting, he was hitting 340 at one, at one point. And, yeah. and, and he could hit the ball out of anywhere, but the league adjusted and he didn't. And it, you know, so yes, I, I, Jose and, and Reyes and, you know, Naylor, who would have been clearly the world series MVP at the rate he was starting in the playoffs. It's hot. <laughs> I'll say this. You couldn't throw a fastball past him in that thing. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's truth in that. He's and, like, He's like yelling at Garrett Cole, I own this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, while where we have a little bit of levity and uh, after a, a fairly uh, serious conversation, let's take a brief break for a, a message and we will come right back. We're back with the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast and uh, with Terry Pluto and Paul Hoynes, I'm Jamie Turner, and the to oh, not because it's necessarily the happiest topic, but I but I'm still intrigued by the the long term future of the Indians. And I thought once Nashville was brought up, I freely admit I've always been under the thought that if the Indians ever moved, they would not move out of Ohio; they would move towards Columbus. And so I, I thought it would be interesting to bring up a few statistics comparing Nashville and Columbus uh, just to see, you know, because that way you are at least not uprooting them out of the state. You know, they'd still be drivable, they, you know, but you would be in a market that is infinitely more promising than what Cleveland is right now. Uh, I took a look at the cities uh, that do not have MLB teams in order of, of their uh, current population. The first two teams are both our first two cities are both in Texas, San Antonio, which does seem like an interesting market, except you've already got, you know, uh, two other uh, two other uh, uh, teams in the state. And then Austin, Texas, is this great college town of a million people, but it's a college town. The number, thir- number three market is Columbus because it has 922,000 residents and in the however they decide, describe the metropolitan area. And that is two and a half times the size of Cleveland. It is also... 50% more than Nashville, which is at 670,000. Their Nashville and Columbus are roughly the same as media markets. Uh, in the country, Columbus is 34th. Where's uh, Cleveland, like 19th or something like that? I think it was 18th. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Cleveland is somewhat amazingly, uh, to my sense, uh, they're still higher median income per capita than both of those cities. That's hard to believe. It, I wonder if in, you know, when the next census comes out, we'll find out that's you know, clearly not the case. But as of, as of right now, it still is. So I guess the question is, is Columbus a, a feasible out 
you know, you could keep the team in, in Ohio. You, you know, people drive to Columbus all the time, uh, you know, for Buckeye games. Uh, you know, is, is there a way, you know, that it becomes a feasible alternative, you know, once we get to 2023, simp- if things stay kind of the way they are right now? I'll say one thing to what, what Paul thinks, but it's like, what would the Reds think of all that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great point. Uh, we, we were talking about that a couple of days ago. Um, you know, that's, yeah, I don't know. Is, is Columbus a, a Reds town or a Cleve, uh, an Indians town? Is it, or are they split it? I'm, I'm not sure whose territory that is. I think Columbus gets Reds games on Fox Sports Ohio. Yeah, because I, I know, you know, I've gotten letters from fans before that they have a they have really a hard time getting Indians games in Columbus. So. Right. And I was just thinking, you know, in terms of miles, what is it, 110 miles or something? It's not that far. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, it's 106.6 miles from Columbus to Cincinnati. I just Googled that. So at, you know, if you're the Reds. The thing that these guys like to do is have wider TV markets. Um, that's a big deal because that's what you can make more money on cable TV. Uh, so on one end, and you're right, Jamie, it keeps the team in the state. But the other, the Reds probably go crazy. Uh, of course, they didn't care when they put a team in Washington that people in Baltimore went crazy. So I don't know. Yeah, they're still fighting that in court. That that case yeah. is yet to be settled, the Nationals and the Orioles. No, all that, and, and that's all totally legitimate. It it just seems like the if the largest city in your state doesn't have an MLB team, but you have two MLB teams in your state, something's a little off. There's it's it's I professional sports always gravitates towards where the money is, and Columbus just has more of it right now, and. You know, one thing we look at, I I haven't, but it's like Fortune 500 uh, companies in your media area, in your media market area. They like to look at that, I know, because that that that's where they think you can get more sponsorship and things. That would be interesting to look at because Columbus might be pretty high on that too. I don't know. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I'm sure. It is. Yeah. Well, t- t- what about this? Do you think uh, you know the Indians? You know, who do they negotiate with with this lease? Gateway. Or the city. It's Gateway, isn't it? Gateway Corporation, yeah. Yeah, so is this just kind of a, you know, okay, maybe, you know, the, the idea of them moving isn't that much of a bad thing because maybe you get a better lease that way. But what, are, what is what is Gateway going to do with an empty ballpark? You know, I, I don't know. If that, you know, don't you think some give and take is involved in this thing? Sure it is. And they, they'll want, they always want Gateway to pay for more improvements too. Yeah. But, of course, think about this. By the way, in terms of getting flattened financially, where does Gateway get their money other than the syntax? The uh, and which meant, by the way, people weren't drinking and smoking as much in Cleveland bars and everything. That's number <laughs> one. Also, there's a tax on the tickets sold, of which there were no tickets sold. Mm. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. the, the ramifications of this COVID thing uh, and every realm of business just about unless you work for walmart or amazon or a grocery store uh you know or a a a high-tech company i mean everybody else is getting crushed on one side after another yeah it's but 
I still think it gets down to do the would the Dolans really, no matter if they would the Dolans pick up you know pick up pull up stakes and move the Indians to to uh, Columbus, or do they would have to sell the club? Don't you think, Jamie? I would think that would be the scenario. They would find somebody who would say, no, you know, the Indians or whatever the franchise is named by that point uh, have to stay in Ohio. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, whether that means uh, (laughs) Terry and, and Paul will both remember this analogy, and I'm not sure many other sports fans will. But there was a time that there was an NBA team in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. uh, and they became the Kansas City Omaha Kings uh, at, for a brief period of time because they, you know, they were running, they couldn't make it work in Cincinnati, and then they went to Kansas City, and Kansas City wasn't working out so well, and so they split up games between Kansas City and Omaha, uh, which. Isn't aren't exactly neighboring communities. And now in Sacramento. <laughs> and, and right, and now are the Sacramento Kings. And you know, is there a scenario in which the franchise could be shared between oh, Cle- Cleveland and Columbus? American Basketball Association. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, that Plus what is that? cities in Virginia. It really worked well back then. Is it isn't that what they were talking about uh, with the with the Rays between Montreal and yeah. Tampa Bay? Isn't that deal still on? In in a couple of years, I think there's I, I don't know if they've agreed on it, but I think they're still talking about it. But at least in this case, you'd be talking about essentially the same fan base. Yeah, that I mean, could I mean, could still go to as many games. Sell to both markets, get corporate sponsorship from both markets, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Jamie, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, Huntington Park is a great – Huntington Park is a fantastic minor league facility and mm-hmm. is eminently rollable. Yes, you can expand that stadium. Okay. And, and it, you know, it's right downtown. It, it, it really works well. And, and also I think it, it works to the reality that P, the Indians, and I think baseball in general, are not relying on full season ticket holders as much as they used mm-hmm. to. You know, it's all these packages. And if you have a 20-game package for the Indians in Cleveland, fine. We'll play 40 games in Cleveland, and you can pick out, you know, half half of the home uh, season. It's no different to the fan that way. Uh, I mean, in a sense, the Indians have almost become a TV show. Which they were this year. Yeah, that's right. And and even in the past where the – you know, they'd be in the bottom six or whatever in the tennis and be in the top five in TV ratings now, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so it, uh, it has to do, I think, with uh, we are an older demographic. And older people, baseball fans tend to be a little older. And secondly, we watch TV. No argument. <laughs> that's that's clear. I, I, I just – it just seems like there's a, there are scenarios, and, I, and that's why I, I was really interested in having this conversation. Yeah, because sense. The other just moving to Columbus doesn't to me, but that makes some sense. Uh, I'd hate to see it, but of course. I, I could see some stuff economically there, and also it might be a way of even expanding your 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 cable TV reach and get more money that way, because uh, that's what they'll be looking at. I know one of the things that, in fact. Uh, 
Wayne Komorowski from the Cavaliers, who's their big uh, CEO, said one advantage they have over the Indians, he said, is that, you know, the Indians have the, the, the Pirates have a team and the, Re- and the Reds have a team. Uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, he goes, with the Cavaliers, he goes, we go down into Kentucky with our games. You know, we go over into Pennsylvania with our games. Right. Um, you know, the, the only place the only place you bump into somebody got to go to Indianapolis or go to Detroit. Uh, so there, so that that helps them with their ratings. Where he said it's harder for teams, and those other teams kind of in that same area, those baseball teams that bump up against each other for their cable TV rights and what they could charge for them. Yeah, that's well, a good point. Well, I, this I, is, I, ahead, it would be hard. I, it, it reminds me. Remember Terry when the Indian when Maletti had the or who, I don't know if, who I don't know I forget uh, Stouffer owned the Indians and they were going to split the games between New Orleans and Cleveland yeah, or some over, crazy yeah. thing like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That just, I don't know. I mean, that, yeah. that sends a lot of bad memories to me. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know if you, if you split the games, even if it's in state, I think, you know, you, you're, you're, you're one step away from the, you know, waving that goodbye yeah. to that team to me, that, that just, it just seems you know, you're on real, real, uh, uh, like, uh, you know, your, your, your house is built on sand. The foundation is built on sand and, uh, you, pretty soon in a year or two, that's gone. You're, you know, yeah, something's going to happen. Could. Yeah. I mean, now, I mean, most of us and probably in the back of my mind would say, well, this is the beginning of the end Yeah. Uh, for the Indians in Cleveland. Um, so I don't know, but something has to happen. What they really need, they need another John Sherman. That's what they need. Well, maybe we'll have another conversation uh, that that offers more uh, solutions uh, than than yeah. what, what what we've been talking about today, uh, as far as how they can uh, keep going. But this has been a really great conversation, and hopefully, people found it interesting. Uh, Terry, mm-hmm. you brought a lot to it, so I thank you for being with Paul and I. And uh, we will. Uh, stop at this point. Uh, but first, just remind people that uh, if you want uh, regular updates on the Indians, Major League Baseball, uh, from Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga, then sign up for subtext uh, for $3.99 a month. You won't be charged until the end of your 14-day free trial, but you will get uh, texts right to your phone uh, from Paul and Joe on what's the latest going on with your team and the entire sport. So for uh, Paul Hoynes and Terry Pluto, I'm Jamie Turner, and I thank you for listening in on today's Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Hi, Jamie. Good job on the research. That helped. Yeah, that was good. Yeah.